Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Teen 2 Intelligence. I'm here with Sean. Sean will explain a little bit about uh, his journey and how he ended high school a year earlier and went to study engineering. And uh, you'll recap on that and just like talk a little bit about that. So how did your journey begin from you ending high school to becoming or to going to study engineering? So my name is Sean and at the beginning of grade 11, I was take was supposed to be taking about 10 courses and that would not have finished school for me. I looked at my courses I've taken and the credits I had and I realized I could finish really quickly. I had eight courses to go just to graduate. Mm -hmm. So I took that, took that initiative, started in October, did two courses just the month of October. Uh, after that, in about three more months till the end of January, I finished the rest of the other six courses and graduated at, by the beginning of March. Mm -hmm. I went on to work in some minimum wage place for right, about right. six months, going into engineering at UBCO starting the next September. Mm -hmm. The reason that engineering is because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Oh, and see. my brain was going, engineering is the hardest thing to get into. Must be easy to switch from it to other stuff. It does not work like that. No. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what classes did you take in high school that helped you move towards engineering? So I took a lot of science courses like your physics 11, 12, your chem 11 and 12. And I took all the math courses, everything, everything that was possible. Your pre-calc 11, pre-calc 12, calculus 12, all of that. Uh -huh. And I enjoyed every single minute of them. They were always fun for me because they were given really easy, you know. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> how is how, how is calculus? Because I know a lot of students are scared to take calculus. I know my uh, math teacher says that calculus and pre-calculus are like completely different languages. And uh, how 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 does that work? Basically, they have nothing to do with each other, in my opinion, uh -huh. at least. Uh, calculus has a big learning curve. So imagine like a what's it called? A logarithmic curve, right? It goes almost straight up at the beginning and then becomes flat. So once you get over that bump, it becomes super easy. But you have to learn all these rules about derivatives and integration, which makes it a bit hard at the beginning. Hmm. Interesting. And then um, chemistry 12 and uh, what else? physics 12. How was that? I know those are pretty hard uh, subjects. Chemistry 12 was very interesting. Lots to do with like mixing ingredients and finding equilibriums, which was personally... I wouldn't say difficult, but had a lot of work to put into it. Unlike physics, which was basically taught you everything from the beginning again, and you learned about gravity, friction, I don't know, normal force, mm -hmm. which is basically the opposite of gravity. So have you ever have you ever heard like the Newton saying every action has an equal and opposite reaction? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So normal force is that equal and opposite reaction to gravity. So gravity pushing you down against the floor, normal force push you upwards. Mm -hmm. So learning all that was a very interesting concept and stuff like that to me. Did did physics and chemistry and um, calculus make you understand the world better or was that just... I'd say it helped me understand the physical natures of the world and stuff, but not the more human level as in like right. that like currency, economy, stuff like that. It mm -hmm. does not help with that at all. And I wish they taught more of that in high school. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. You said you wish they taught more of that in high school. What courses would you think schools need to integrate into their curriculum and their system? I say there should be an economy course that teaches you about like taxes and stuff and how they work, income tax, banking tax, all of that different stuff. 
I should I say there should be a financials course that should be mandatory as well to learn about like the stock market and stuff, mm-hmm. like how inflation works. Right, right, right. Because those are things you would definitely be needing in your future as an adult. And I'm just starting to get into that now, opening up those bank accounts to start stock trading. And I don't understand any of it. Mm-hmm. And like high school did not prepare me for that. They're only really preparing me to go to university, which right. not even everyone does. Right, right, right. So you said that engineering, you took engineering because you didn't know what else to take. Did, engin- did you like engineering at all or was it just, just something random you just chose? So I, as a kid, I love building with Lego. Okay. So taking something there where there's nothing and building it up from scratch into something. In my eyes, engineering was very similar to that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of leaned toward engineering. I also watched a lot of YouTube videos that had to do with like designing and building stuff. So they were a big inspiration to me. And then my parents are engineers, so oh. kind of had that going yeah, right, too. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you went to study engineering and you came back and you're going to go back again to keep studying it? Yeah. So I finished two years of engineering currently at UBCO. I'm back here for a year to do a co-op in systems engineering. And then I'll be going back there to finish up two or three more years, depending on how it goes. Right. So I can really get on and then yeah, go yeah, into yeah. a career. What's, what's, so you said you came back for co-op engineering? Co-op and engineering. Yeah. So what is that? A co-op is like similar to an internship in which you basically get hired as a student. So not a full-fledged engineer, but like halfway there, halfway there. And you learn how it is to be in the industry. It gives you work experience, which is good later for actually like getting a job and stuff like that. Because they look more toward work experience than grades. Mm-hmm. If you don't have work experience, they need insanely high grades. If you have a little bit of work experience, that goes a long way to helping you propel yourself forward. Trying to not say um like at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, if you want, we can actually integrate that the like the not saying um because I know I know there are a bunch of like um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, motivational speakers that say or, or or public speakers that say putting that um in a sentence or while you're speaking, it it kind of um, the audience isn't as invested and you're just trying to fill those spaces that are in your paragraph or your sentence, which don't need to be filled. Having those pauses in your speaking time is really, really necessary for people. So, so if you say something, I'm not good at this, but if you say something, you would pause so people could comprehend what you said, think mm-hmm. about it, and then you keep saying. That's, that's a very good, like, uh, what do you call it? A skill. A skill. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really hard to master, but if, if, if you could master that, that would be... Uh, that's awesome. That's the idea and what I'm hoping to get through. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, what other courses did you take besides the uh, physics, chemistry, chemistry, physics, math, or so, calculus? Those are the big ones for me. Right. In high school, I did not want to write long papers and stuff. So I, instead of taking like history or something for my social studies credit, slash humanity credit, I took physical geography. Mm-hmm. which is more learning again it's more of a science e-course where you learn about like the different sediments in the earth erosion evasion stuff like that where how like the earth moves the tectonic plates how they move and stuff like that mm-hmm. which was a lot more interesting to me personally mm-hmm. i also as electives i was more of a music guy 
So I spent my whole time in high school going through music, playing in bands, trying to write music, however failing all the time. How, how hard is it to write music? If you're creative enough, not that hard. If you're not creative like me, very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these artists, these musicians out of nowhere, or um, what's his name? Charlie, Charlie Puth, out of like mm-hmm. a light switch, he created a, a beat and then made an entire song out of like one Most people switch. are. That's pretty... Very creative. Wow. To be honest, I didn't really take any small courses. I tried to strive for the bigger the better kind of thing. Mm. So, once again, trying to do as much science as I can, as much... I mean, the only really small course I took was, like, English. And that was just because I I was forced to. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did take a bunch of language courses because as a kid, from kindergarten to grade 8 to grade 7, I took French. It was, I was in French immersion, so I had that in my back pocket. I did French 11 and 12 in high school. I did Spanish 9 and 10 mm-hmm. because why not? Right, right. Might as well learn a new language. You have right. to do something. Right. Do, so, you, do, you, do you retain those the stuff you've learned in those languages? I can't speak any of them. Oh. However, French I can understand, read, and write in. And Spanish I can like semi-understand what people say. I can yeah. definitely read it, though. Because usually when people go through um, a year of, let's say, Spanish or French, mm-hmm. next year they forget half the things they learned over the summer break or different other breaks. So that was definitely a thing for me as well. Yeah. But I tried to retain as much of it because I was doing it just to learn it because I didn't need to take Spanish as I had already finished French 11 at that point and was on the way to do French 12 because... and those were very easy for me because I did kindergarten through grade seven and full French right. immersion speaking French and everything. So they just, they're basically just using that to finish a course mm-hmm. for the credits. Mm-hmm. Spanish was just because I wanted to learn it. It came a little easier because I had French in my backpack and they're kind of similar languages, but it was still like a whole learning curve to the differences between them and trying to make like a different accent and stuff to have them sound different too, in a way. Mm-hmm. In your personal opinion, because as you said, French and uh, Spanish are both really, really similar languages. W- is it easier to learn Spanish and then French or French and then Spanish? Definitely French and then Spanish. Spanish will come easier that way. Oh, I see. I'm not saying French is gonna be easy to learn. French is gonna be very hard to learn. It's definitely the harder of the two languages. Which is why I'd say French and then Spanish, and Spanish comes a lot more easy. If you do it the other way, you still have all the mannerisms of French to learn, and they're very difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so on your way to uh, university, did you know that you were going to engineering, and did you take classes in order to get into engineering? Yes. Okay. So. When I, when I said I was needing to finish a certain amount of courses to graduate at the beginning of grade 11, mm-hmm. that was me looking into engineering already, seeing what I needed oh, I and what I needed to graduate high school. So like, let's say I didn't need Calculus 12 to do either, but I knew it was going to help me in engineering. Mm-hmm. So I took Calc 12 to help myself in engineering later. Uh, technically, I didn't need French 12, but I already had it anyway. So right, right. I might as well take that. And then... Like pre-calc 12, the reason I was, I did that the summer before grade 11, because originally I was going to stay in school and take calc 12 at school. 
again, because I wanted to go into engineering. But then as things went on, uh, I ended up going online, just finishing it all online, right? So that's kind of where it went there. I so, don't really know how to continue that. No, part, it's all so. good. So, 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 <laughs> with, so with online, is it, what, what do you like more? Regular school or online? It depends on the person. Me personally, I prefer asynchronous online work because then I can like make my day the way I want it. So if I want to do only one course that day, I can focus only on that one course solely. Mm-hmm. I personally prefer like, instead of doing like the whole year long six courses, I prefer of a, like a two weeks for one course, oh, like all at once. And then you don't need to like focus on so many things at once. You could just focus on the one thing. And then over time, you just keep like revisiting that stuff to remember it. Mm-hmm. But with that, do you feel like the first, let's say for the first course you took, you know, let's say chemistry was the first two weeks that you took chemistry and you, you know, grinded it all down. Do you feel like by the end of it, you forgot what you studied in chemistry? No, no. I'd say two weeks later, after finishing the course, you would start forgetting stuff. So that's where like the revisiting to the concepts comes oh, back in to remember the stuff mm-hmm. in the end, like for I don't know, final exams or whatever, or like even university, right? But throughout it, the reason, the exact reason as to why I do it is because short-term memory is easier to remember mm-hmm. instead of trying to save it into long-term. I see. Uh, and did your parents at all try to push you into doing engineering or was that completely you? That was kind of completely me. They wanted me to go to, into university. That was, they were like, hint. they weren't like pushing me personally, but they would hint like hey sean you should go to school you know that type of thing and then i kind of wanted to go engineering as a kid i hated engineering i didn't want anything to do with it my both my parents did it my grandpa did it i didn't want anything to do with it Uh it's funny how things change yeah how is university with engineering is it difficult or how how is the setting like how is the work like i'd say first year is a lot more manageable than people say it is People say engineering, oh, it's so hard and stuff. It's really not as bad as people say. It's just a university course. It's just some of the concepts are a little bit hard to get a, like your head around. Mm-hmm. But going into it and like taking your time to go on YouTube, learn them after the fact, or like reading through textbook, it really helps. And then from there on, like first year, as I said, is not as bad as everyone seems. Second year is when it gets really hard. There are a few first year courses that are just there to weed out students. As in like oh, the see. people who are not ready for right, it. Right, right. So there was one course I had as an electromagnetism course. Right? So in that course, over fifty percent of the class failed. And that was a first year course. Wow. Like most like the average of that course was about like a seventy five, I'd say. Which is not great for right. university. So but that is a very like single course there. We have to take 12 courses in a year as engineers, six per semester. Mm-hmm. So one in 12 is a pretty good ratio of courses. And yet a lot of courses that were pretty easy as well. So like, you know, like a drafting course, a, uh, what, was what else do we have? A chemistry course, a physics course, another physics course, another physics course. There were a few of them. They were all of yeah, very sure. different type of material. Uh-huh. And some are easier than others, some are more difficult, like the electromagnetism course. Year two, 
is everything that you just heard, but three times harder. <laughs> it's just that. And, like, you actually need to sit down and study a lot compared to first year. Like, a lot more. There's less time for, like, parties and stuff. Right. Right. So, studying, uh, studying you mean for a test? Some sort of in general. test? Just, okay. Learning the concepts, studying the concepts, memorizing them. Mm-hmm. Since you finished a year early in high school, um, what were your grades like? And for my next question would be for the tests, how did you study? What was the most efficient way of you studying? In high school or? High, uh, high or school university? and then we'll go to university. Okay. See, I don't like answering this question. No. I didn't study in high school. Oh. At all. It was not, it's not a good thing to put as inspiration. Do not listen to me when I say this. I don't know why high school came really easy to me. I just did the work. I did the work in class. I didn't take any homework home because I finished it all in class. I basically just did the homework to study for tests. And I did that also at school. University, on the other, on the other hand, I had to sit down, like take notes during class, like revisit videos on YouTube, read the textbooks do every single practice question before every single test because it was just on a whole nother level high school does not prepare you for it enough in my opinion mm-hmm. like at all and especially with with or richmond is a bit different than where i am in maple ridge um in maple ridge schools are much more lenient than in richmond and overall i'd say a lot of schools here in i can't speak for all of canada but in Canada aren't as high level as let's say in Europe or Asia. Do you think that this approach is beneficial for students or do you think this leniency is not good enough or not? I'd say like starting like, I don't know, originally we start high school in grade eight. I don't know, some people have middle, some areas have middle school and stuff. I personally did not have that. So I'd say like grade eight through 10, like it should, like grade eight should start super lenient. Going up to grade 10, it should progressively get harder. In my opinion, starting grade 11, you should be getting into, like, not university-level-like style of teaching, but getting there, like, so that you can, like, progressively build up. And by grade 12, it should be university-style teaching. As in, they don't spoon-feed you the information. You have to, they kind of give you the bare bones, and you have to, like, put the meat on top of it, kind of. Right. Do you feel like those people who want to go into university and they're going to school that doesn't push them hard enough do you think that's taking away from their chance to go to university and succeed in university? I think so, yeah. Because it's a drastic change when you go there to university. It's on a level that most people can't comprehend until they get there. Mm-hmm. Which included me. I did not know how it will be. Yeah. Like, my parents tried to explain it. It, it You just can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like in your parents' time... Uh, university was difficult, but also high school was difficult. Yeah. Now we have university difficult, but high school isn't, which I feel like it's something that for some reason they don't want you to get better and make that easy, smooth transition to university. Like something, there's an incentive behind it to not let students go to university with them decreasing the level of education high schools, but leaving university up there so there's that there's that gap in between mm-hmm. and a lot of students they don't know what they want to do or they don't have enough uh credits 
Um, so they take gap years to try to work, either work to make money or work on stuff they missed in high school to get that. So yep. what is your opinion on like people taking gap years after school? After it depends school? on the person. If you know what you want to do, I'd say go straight to university. If you don't know what you want to do and want to try and figure it out, take a gap year, travel the world, work, figure out what you like, what you don't like. And based on that, try and figure out a career that works for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I did not do that and that yeah. was my biggest mistake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you, you'd, you'd like to take, or you would have liked to take a gap year. And I would have liked to out. try and figure out what I actually wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you go into university a year earlier because you finished high school earlier? Yeah. How was that? Being surrounded by people who are older and in kind of more, I could say, ready for that type of education, if that makes sense. To be honest, other than the fact that they're always surprised that you're a year younger, not not really, not really different. No. They're, they're only a year older. Like, basically, like, imagine it this way. If you're in grade 11 and there's people in grade 12, like, you probably hang out, I'd say, with them. It's the same type of deal. Like, it's a, di- a year different. It's not like it's a six-year difference where it's, like, totally different. Mm-hmm. They're the same people as you. It's not that big, personally, for me. I see, I see. So, what are your plans? What's what's your next step? Go for, to work for a year. Yeah. As a co-op, and in, in systems engineering, and then go back. Well, if I like it, go back, finish school as an engineer. If I don't enjoy working as an engineer, figure out what I actually want to do. So you don't have a plan B right now for what if you don't like engineering? What you might want to do besides engineering? I've always been impartial at chemistry. And then music was, I guess, a fallback for me always. But that's really hard of an industry to get into. And, like, film was also in there, too, for me. Mm-hmm. So I've always been interested in those two subjects, but never really got around to doing them because parents pushed me to go to university. And the music and film industries, when when it comes to university, you need, like, to have stuff to show them to get in. It's not just grades. Like... If you're going to like fine arts, you need to have art pieces that you've done to show them a portfolio. For music, yeah. you need to have like songs or like the ability to play a certain amount of instruments or like how, how well you can play it. Mm-hmm. Film, you need to have some kind of like reel you show them. On my podcast, I talk a lot about mentors. Who do you say were your mentors in, in life? I say my parents were big mentors for me. They always pushed me to do better, strive for more. And then another one of my mentors was my music teacher at school. He always pushed me to learn more instruments, get better at them, because he saw that music was a big passion of mine. He helped me start a jazz band back in high school as well, which was very important to me, because as a kid, I always wanted to play saxophone, Mm -hmm. and that's basically a jazz instrument to most people. So he helped me go big into that. And then my parents basically just pushed me all the time to do better. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like like-minded friends could also count as mentors? In a way, yes, but it's not really the same for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like-minded friends would be more like acquaintances and people who like push you, but also can pull you down sometimes. So oh, it's mentors, on the other hand, always try to push you upwards, teach you new things. Uh-huh. And... If, if, if someone doesn't have that mentor figure yet, how would you say they could find a mentor? 
Because a few not, people I've had on just say, get out there, um, try the things that you like, yeah. and mentally just pop off. Some Someone will like talk to people, show that you have an interest in it, and someone will start teaching you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, as far as I know, that's how it is, because that's how it happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't say you're, there's a lot of looking involved, other than findamentor.com <laughs> which yeah. there are things like that like ment mento and mentees or whatever mentor mentee programs mm-hmm. where they teach you but it's not the same as having someone come up to you and say hey i'm gonna show you how to do stuff how about extracurricular activities do you think those are important for students and did you take any i think they're very important they help you keep your mental health like together because you're not solely focused on school. I personally love doing school sports. As I said, I was also in music at school, so that was a big extracurricular for me. Other than that, I didn't do that much. Uh, I think I was in a games club at one point. Like, mm-hmm. in university, I'm currently part of a board games club. I also uh, am a founding member of a BattleBots club. So we make robots that fight each other just like the TV show. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, oh, wow. we started that up. How is that? Oh, it's very fun. Yeah. It's insanely fun. The only downside to that is finding funding. Yeah. Money is very difficult to find. So. Yeah, I bet. So, okay. <laughs> so how, how, how does it work? You, uh, you build your robot and you get onto the field and you fight? No? How does it work? Not even close. So you design it. First prototype. You print it on a 3D printer in plastic. Okay. You try it out. You redesign it. And you keep redesigning it. And once you think it's ready, you start making it out of metal. You also need to find the right motors, the right circuit boards, the right speed controllers, the right remote controllers, receivers, all that stuff, and connect it properly so that it works. Only after you have that can you go to, like, a competition and, and, like, fight it. It's a lot of work, but it pays off in the end. Yeah. So, how, how, how does it feel when your robot gets destroyed and you spent all that time putting, putting it together and remaking it to make it better and better? It hurts. Yeah. It hurts a lot. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's a good learning curve for you to... It's a good learning moment for you to see what went wrong mm-hmm. and how to fix it. Personally, when we had our in-house... Uh, BattleBots tournament with plastic bots. So we did our own designs fully from scratch. Mm-hmm. I never actually finished my design. So I ended up using a kit from our one of our sponsors. And I ended up winning. But that's because it's been already R&D'd. It's been researched and developed to be a good kit. Right. The other ones were made from scratch by students at the university who are part of the club. And they saw what the difference was. Like... Most of our robots had to do with flipping the other robot instead of destroying it. Okay. So it was how far the actuation should be for the handle to go up. How far like the robot can reach. So like how big the spoon should be. How much torque there should be. Uh-huh. It was a lot more to do with like technicalities than design. Would you say physics helped you in that sense? Well, is that I, didn't, I never finished my robot, so I can't really uh, comment on that that well. But I'd say it helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that something you could actually make money from the robot fighting thing? Yes, but it's very hard to get into because the 
people who do it professionally, they've been doing it for years and years. Like, mm-hmm. if you go on YouTube, you can find 1990s, 2000s, and it's the same robots that are still fighting now. Interesting. Like, years upon years of fighting. I guess that's more of a hobby for most people who for most been doing people, this for yeah. a while. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how was... Where, 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 where did you... You said you worked for six months after school? Yeah, so I worked at a Pizza Hut for six months, and then at some restaurants after that, and then throughout university, I've been working at other restaurants, because six months at Pizza Hut gets you a long way into the restaurant business, apparently. <laughs> so, and then, what were you, what, what, what was your role in uh, restaurants? So, at Later. Pizza Hut, I did everything. Okay. At a restaurant, I was a cook, a cook because yeah. that's what you do at Pizza Hut, you're a cook. Right. So I did pizza jobs, then I did a normal restaurant work where you like prep and serving. And then I worked at an Earl's like restaurant where you have like specific type of plates and you have to learn to plate them, cook them, all that stuff. That was the last job I had. It was a much more when there was a rush, it was very stress inducing for me personally. Okay. But when it was chill, like there was nothing not much happening, it was very calm and like easy to easy going. Mm-hmm. I'd say with teachers would you prefer a teacher that is strict or would you prefer a teacher that is more lenient to their subject and to their students me personally I would prefer a teacher that's more strict however I know that a lot of people don't like that because it kind of like takes them away from the whole concept of learning so I think a good middle ground in between the two would be the best it's mm-hmm. so like someone that's caring like if you know what i mean like right 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 pu- shows you like kind of spoon feeds you a little bit but like also is like hey this is wrong you should learn how to do it mm-hmm. and like pushes you to get better as well mm-hmm. um so for for those who are listening it's probably boring hearing someone talk about school for 35 <laughs> minutes so we'll move on to something more interesting um on one of my podcasts i had uh I had Edomar and uh, when I had Edomar on, um, we talked about uh, conspiracy theories. And uh, what are some conspiracy theories that maybe you don't believe in, but kind of like boggle your mind and it's kind of interesting to look into? Because conspiracy theories, I don't know, for me, they, you know, it's always interesting to look into, see what people um, either make up or find some interesting things, and it's interesting to look into. The most interesting one for me. You're going to find the story that's funny. is the flat earth. Flat earth, okay. I don't believe in it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I know a person who does. And he always tries to convince me that it's flat. Mm-hmm. And he shows me like these maps and stuff. And I always try to disprove him. Right? So what I've noticed is that each time you talk about a specific thing, he, can, he has a perfectly kind of good answer for it. Right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as you try to put those two things together, it doesn't work. Oh, I see. Like, for the flat Earth, let's say, you have, like, the way, like, the sun and the moon work. Mm -hmm. So they say they spin in a spiral upward. Mm -hmm. But then, and, like, downward, like, the closer the sun is, the warmer it is or whatever. But then when it comes to, like, day and night, how does that work with Australia? If the Earth is flat. Because Australia is day when, let's say, Canada is night. Mm-hmm. right so how does that work and then there's another thing with like seasons he says like depending on where it is like where the sun is along the earth 
it's a different season. Okay. But, so that might explain the day-night part, but it doesn't explain the warmth and cold. So, like, stuff like that. Like, when you put it together, it doesn't really work. And I find that really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I uh, give big thanks to my law teacher because he made us do... Um, he made us find... He, he Sorry, he gave us a list of conspiracy theories, and we had to... Um, Pick one. I've talked about this a few times. But we have to pick one and uh, dive deep into it and try to convince. So, so we pick a partner. We pick a conspiracy theory. Both of us pick one conspiracy theory. One argues for one side. The other one argues for the other side. And you have to make yourself basically kind of uh, research it to the point where you either believe it or completely don't believe it type of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I picked the flat earth theory. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't believe the earth is flat. But... Uh, I had to kind of make myself believe that it was flat in order for this argument. And mm -hmm. I think that, or debate. And I think that this is very cool. You know, taking someone else's perspective, even if you don't believe in it, and doing research about that to the point where um, you understand it completely and all the, all, all the sides mm -hmm. of it, I think is really cool. And if any teacher is listening to this, give this to your students. I think it'd be an awesome, awesome, awesome thing. And plus, they just figure out some cool, interesting conspiracy theories that are out there. Just make sure they don't talk about the moon landing. Oh, the moon. Because <laughs> that one's been disproven so many times. Yeah? Moon landing? Like, I don't understand how people believe that's still fake. <laughs> I, I don't. I, uh, we, we, we did another one where um, I also pick, I picked the moon landing. And uh, some of the arguments that the fake side in the moon landing brought up were actually like very kind of interesting and strong arguments like the prop numbers and stuff or? um yeah so so they, <laughs> they 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 um they brought up like the different uh places where they did it and how they made the like anti-gravity effect uh with all the cameras and stuff like that mm -hmm. and it's 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 really interesting to see how uh you know people debate over even if it seems stupid but people debate over and they bring up good and strong arguments that are pretty convincing so they do they they try Remember that they try. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. So if any teachers listening to this, give your students this assignment, and uh, I think it'll open their eyes. And it's a very, very interesting assignment. I've done a similar assignment before. They're really fun. Yeah. What 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 conspiracy or how how would the assignment look? It was more like pick a topic that you believe in, and then one guy did the moon landing. I remember. So same kind of idea, mm -hmm. where they had to like go really deep into a, a specific topic and explain why they believe in it and stuff and try and convince others to believe in it as well was the point of the assignment mm. but uh, yeah putting it more into conspiracy theories would be very fun in my opinion yeah it'd be, yeah, it'd be an interesting topic to cover um so <laughs> so ai in schools are a big thing now and uh i know a few people who've been using ai for many other assignments and uh some of them have been caught others haven't been caught and ai is just like a an amazing an amazing thing a lot of people are scared for it, and I completely understand them like like something so big you don't know where it's headed but just like the internet people were scared when the internet first came out they don't know where it was going where it was headed and how big or scary it might get um, so what, what what is your view on AI are you are you more on the pro side or the con side of AI and what do you think I'm on that? the pro side of AI up to a point I'd say like once it starts taking away like big jobs and stuff like that from people like let's say writing from writers like that's a problem i think writers should use ai to help but they should still like be on it you know and same thing for like school assignments like use a like make sure to do your own research don't use ai for research because it can definitely be wrong 
do your own research, put your like the ideas you want the AI to write about into the AI, have it spit something out to you, and then rewrite it in your own words. So use the AI as like a baseline, mm-hmm. but like have it still be your own work. Mm-hmm. I would say is my point on it. Mm-hmm. I love what AI has been doing. Like I saw a video about like people using AI turning live action film into anime with zero animation, with zero hand-drawn animations. I think that's so cool. But like, that could take away jobs, right? So I'd say as long as it's still used in a way that it doesn't like take away animators' work and stuff, like no problem, go ahead. When it like adds to it, I love that idea. When it takes away is the problem. Mm -hmm. But don't you feel like it's already taking away? Like I could tell uh, ChatGPT to write me a story on this and this and this, and it'll write me a story. Um, and that's already taking away from uh, different writers or authors. So it's already taken away. And uh, what do you think about that? The difference between like a human and ChatGPT is ChatGPT is taking ideas that have already been created, while a human can come up with something new. So it's stealing, quote unquote, ideas, which is doesn't really work in general. I'd say so the way it would so as I said before I'd, I'd like AI to be AI to be a helpful tool instead of a replacement so instead of saying like hey write me a story say hey can you help me come up with an idea for let's say a story based on these this this and this point and then you build on that yourself hmm. know what I mean yeah okay it yeah. should be used as a tool instead of a replacement for work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, AI has already taken a few jobs away, and uh, it's 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 honestly really upsetting because you know you see people who, let's say for example photography, this person bought expensive equipment, expensive cameras, done so much research um, about you know how to get the right photos, studied it in high school, then went to college, mm-hmm. university. I don't know how it works, and you know went through that, um, and then just out of nowhere AI came out and is now taking away bit by bit on what these photographers or whatever the job may be uh, have been studying for a while. And uh, that's always upsetting to see, but AI is going to get to a point where it takes away quite a few jobs. And, uh, you know, I really hope it doesn't take away all jobs, which I don't think it will. Um, But it's slowly taking away bit by bit. And we, because, you know, we can't see in the future, um, we don't know how, well, what's its limit until it reaches, you know, its limit. There's, there's been like, um, there was this, this, uh, I, I talked about on the uh, Itamar and Timur podcast where we talked about, um, how AI could now diagnose you with different, um, so, so for, so for example, you write your systems, uh, sorry, systems, sip, sim, symptoms, sip, yeah. You write your symptoms. Symptoms. Yeah. 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 Into ChatGPT. And uh, ChatGPT will say, oh, you might have this and this and this for this to cure it, do this, 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 right? So it could already like diagnose you, uh, not medically, but it could diagnose you and uh, go from there. So it's, you know, it's... uh... So in that sense, I actually love that idea to have like a WebMD type thing, but like that's faster and easier to use to help you diagnose yourself so that the doctor can have already know kind of like what's going on. They tell them, hey, I looked into it. I think I may have this, this, this. I have these symptoms. And they can say, hey, yeah, that's it. That's what you have. 
and then they can show you how to fix it. Like, again, that's using AI as a tool instead of getting rid of the doctor in the first place, right? AI can also be wrong a lot of the time. Right. Because right. it is just, let's, let's say ChatGPT is a large, large language model, LLM, which takes stuff that's already on the internet and sifts through it and remixes it kind of mm -hmm. into its own words. So a lot of the times it can spit out a fact that's incorrect. And if you're like using it to diagnose symptoms into a diagnose of some kind, that is not, let's say, the best way to do it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of dangerous. Right. Do you think that a lot, there's, there's, there's this big kind of uh, argument that writing things down from, let's say, ChatGPT, you write it a prompt and it gives you, you know, um, uh, two paragraph answer to one of your questions and you copy it word for word. Do you think that's plagiarism or do you think that's cheating? Because because the thing with AI is you I could write the same prompt ten times and the answer might be the same, right? Let's say it's a paragraph answer, but it's gonna be written all differently. So technically, you asking it something, uh, it'll give you different different answers for the same question. If it's an open source AI, I'd say it's not plagiarism, unless like you get caught like with a specific sentence that AI found somewhere. So if AI just takes, like if let's say you need a paragraph answer on what a bone is, uh -huh. if it just takes that answer from some website, that's plagiarism. If it writes it itself, then it's not, right? But then it, I would still say it's cheating because you're not actually doing the work yourself. Right. If you right. use AI to like help you, like let's say you give it the points you want it to talk about in it and then it writes for you and then you like rework what it said, mm -hmm. then I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. in but, my opinion right but plagiarism is much worse than cheating right so, they're the same you really think they're the same plagiarism is plagiarism is a form of cheating in school at least but in like work aspects yes plagiarism is very bad you can get very bad consequences for that mm -hmm. interesting well then okay we're gonna slowly wrap up here last question what is actually two last questions okay uh, let's go first one. What is your favorite book and your favorite podcast that was either inspirational to you or could be to other teenagers? Favorite book or podcast that was inspirational to me? Hmm. I don't even know. No. Do you, do you, you, you As read an inspiring books, thing? Podcasts? I don't listen to podcasts that often. But you read books. I listen to the wine show from Linus Tech Tips every so often, but oh. that's not... That's just current news, kind of, in a way. Right. Current tech news. Uh, when it comes to books, I think the most interesting one would have to be, like, 109 things, unanswered questions or something like that about the universe or something. Yeah. Basically, science stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love reading about science and, like, STEM topics. So that's big, big inspiration for me in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, any podcast in specific or not really? No, no, I don't really listen to much podcasts. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And then I like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Though. Oh, he talks a lot. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, he he. <laughs> going back to the conspiracy theory, he uh, he did a lot of uh, debunking on a lot of conspiracy theories. He does so. do that a lot. <laughs> so yeah, so if you wanna listen to him about some conspiracy theories, I think that'd be pretty interesting. Yep. Um, but then again, listen to both sides and pick your own 
kind of uh, answer what you think the answer might be. Um, and then last question. I think I'll start asking this to a lot of people who I have on. Who I have on. Um, when let's let's say you're seventy and you just passed away. Okay, pretty pretty upsetting. <laughs> okay. Um, what would you want? Like, what accomplishment would you want there to be on your tombstone? What would you want it to say? To like, oh, this guy did this and this and this, or loving father, loving father, That's... and grandfather, awesome. and great grandfather. <laughs> That's my whole idea in life is to have, make a my, make a legacy in my children and their children and their children. Mm-hmm. That's my whole idea. I'm not big on the whole material, whatever. I think that children are the most important thing. I know a lot of people disagree these days with that statement, but that's the way I was brought up and that's the way I'm going to try and raise my kids as well. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure from finishing school one year early to now studying engineering. Pretty cool journey. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me.